0: hello james here welcome to the james cast and an edition of doc talk with dr jenna burton hey this is kind of fun well look we hadn't spoken in a while so we're catching up jenna is in this podcast inches away from having her third child she's pretty nonchalant about it actually she looks great and i know that because we recorded using zoom and that actually was a really good thing because I did forget to push the record button on the roadcaster. So I got the Zoom audio. You're going to hear a few anomalies here and there. Don't worry about it. It all sounds great. The doctor said it does. What did we talk about in this edition? Well, we had a quick catch up on COVID. COVID and it was interesting. It was a nice little talk to hear the doctor's take on things almost a year on. But we, we were talking lung infections. And the likes. You're gonna love it. It's a great show. Doc talk with Dr. Jenna Burton. I'm James Pikeway and this is the James Cast. Oh. There we go.
1: <laughs> I just realized I'm gonna plug this in, actually. Sorry. I went to go and get Florence because she was um downstairs on her own and I was look- I looked on the mezzanine and she looked sad. Oh. So she wouldn't come up. She was like, I don't know if she wants something from downstairs, but mm-hmm. anyway she I do. Um, i sorry, James, I'm just going to put this thing because I've just thought it should have enough battery, but I don't want it to die. Oh,
2: that's exactly what I had the problem with. Battery was just dying. I can't believe that you, you don't look pregnant at all. This is pretty, pretty amazing for someone who's ready up, Whatever to the size of
1: it, I'm like a
2: whale. Not really. Uh, you know what? Not really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 um, right. I'm turning you around a bit, So... Uh, sorry, it's been quite rushed morning I'm sure it has been for you as well how was your run with the dog this morning
2: it was it's pretty quiet in the morning right now so it was pretty good yeah I can't complain it's cold though it's chilly
1: yeah I know it is isn't it Hello, yeah. so, where's the rain
2: I know that's what I, <laughs> we were saying the same thing I was saying you know it'd be nice to have some rain but yeah I don't know you know because I, I heard a thing it cost them $3,000 a a shot to Cloud Seed And uh, I don't know, my conspiracy theory is it's, there's the fact that there's fewer airlines flying. So it's, it's created a disturbance in the upper atmosphere.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good theory as well. I mean, I don't know whether either of us know what the hell we're talking about.
2: Yeah, we have, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about. As, as my kids would, would, it, would assert, Dad, you have no clue what you're saying. So, you know. I mean, that's
1: like me. I'm like, they've not got the money. <laughs> I don't know what their bank accounts say, James.
2: Yeah, well, I don't I'm know. But, but all thing. I know is there's it's a clear blue sky and it's, it's like wacky. I mean, it's well,
1: great. It was quite warm as well until late this year, like last yeah. year. You yeah. know, normally I look at photographs from last year in sort of November time, October, November. We were starting to wear jumpers in the evening, yeah. but like, it's not been like that this year. It's been really, it was hot, yeah, it was really, yeah.
0: Okay,
1: this is, like, really quite close up with me. I- I'm to- <laughs> Why am I so close up, James? How do I? How do I? So here's, a, here's a funny
2: one. So I, I, uh, I have a couple of new pairs of glasses that I've been wearing. It's kind of cool, and. Oh, no,
1: you- Glasses James I'm so used to you when you're
2: well, this is the thing, so I have these glasses I have a couple of pairs of them, and they're they're nice and colorful like here's here's one of the pairs, right. And this is this is a great one. I love these ones. I didn't
1: even notice they were different the first time you wore them because right. so they were- I,
2: have, I have a few different pairs, but the thing is, so I wear bifocals. I don't wear transitions because they're they're pretty strong lenses to start with. And then the bifocal is even stronger. And anyway, you know, so what I really need is a transition lens and and because I noticed sometimes I'm on the computer that I'm just like, oh, okay, hold on, I gotta look, and then I'm down It's like I look like a moron uh, more than usual. So I uh, I had I've had these glasses for like six or seven years. As it would turn out. At uh, this degree of my eyes having changed, they're the perfect middle lens. <laughs> no, way, no
1: way. Did you actually go to the optician to find that out, or did you just decide it yourself? Well,
2: no, because I was at the optician and they were saying, oh, you know, because you spend so much time on the computer, you actually need the, the middle lens as well. And it turns out that these just happen to be the same power as the middle lens. So,
1: you know what, grandma said, if you keep something for long enough, it comes around again
0: that's it <laughs> I,
1: I, I actually my eyesight has really gone downhill but i'm gonna wait till i uh, deliver till like, I go and find out because hormones change your eyes etc oh, yeah. uh, I, uh, I i'm really buggered without my computer glasses because i don't often get headaches it just has to take an hour yeah. to get rid of headaches now oh, man. everyone should have these they're like miracle in the glasses
2: I, I agree with you. And I think just making sure you have the right eyewear and and my, uh, these glasses also have the filters on them. So it's perfect. And I find I, I'm just spending so much time in front of the computer these days that if I don't have the glasses on and the right ones, I get headaches. But you know, the even worse thing is when we went away. So I was kind of off the computer. And we were doing yoga every morning, just a 20 minute yoga, you know, a yin stretch. And as soon as I sat back down and got back to work and got back on the computer, my, I'm getting all these back things. So I, I've got to get up every 20 minutes or 30 minutes and do a big stretch. And I feel everything going. I need to go
1: back to your student.
2: Well, uh, you know, I, actually what I found, and it's, it's kind of funny because we do. Um, do you do any of these online yoga things? Are you into, into any of that?
1: I, I get bored, James. I've got no patience.
2: I got this one for you, though. She's good. It's online. it's online. They're all good and it's
1: something I really yeah. need to do. I just, all
2: right, like, all right. Take, yeah. take, take the note from your dad who does his morning stretches, like it's the same thing. So we just do these morning stretch ones with this lady online. And uh, she always says, it's, it's not about the one-off, it's about the accumulation. And I, as soon as I start doing these things every day, I notice incremental change the next day. It's like, oh, oh yeah, oh, that's feeling better. Oh yeah. And as soon as I stopped four or five days, I mean, flying back to the UAE from Canada was, you know, and we had great seats and, and all that sort of stuff. But by the time we got back, I was like, oh, I was like, I'm like an old man. I'm walking around. And it's, and it's, it's hilarious because I, I, we, we, as we were coming back socially distanced and masked, we, we saw some friends at the side of the road and just sort of said, Hey, how's it going? And I got out of the car and I was like, oh, and he goes, oh, welcome to the world of being a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> and it was funny Awful. It was funny because this guy, you know, been a pilot and I knew him all the time. And I always knew him with carpal tunnel in his shoulders from all the switches. And then I never dawned on me that some of these guys get lower back pains and stuff because they're stuck in those seats. And he said, no, no pilots, you know, shoulders, elbows, and lower backs.
1: The thing is, it's like normally if you're in a workplace, you get up and you walk around and you move about. It's not easy. Not that easy in um, a cockpit. Um, yeah. And people don't really. People feel a bit disconcerted if they get out the cockpit in the commercial airline and start walking around. Yeah. You know, it, it must be awful. I mean, I, honestly, I always thought it'd be a really cool job until I worked on a plane. I was like, absolutely no way, no way, I'd want to do it. <laughs> well,
2: you know
0: the other That's one that i
1: have flying as well.
2: <laughs> there's this uh, wonderful woman. Her she goes by the the name online of Laruche, and. Yeah. La Ruche, yeah, she's a singer and she's spectacular. Laruche, look her up online on Instagram and and or go to Spotify and get her music. She's really good. And so I was introduced to her by a pilot when she was doing cover songs years ago. And um, Steve Braden is uh, Captain Steve introduced me to her. And and I said, yeah, exactly. And I said to I said to her, I said, look, I'd love to do something with your music. And this when we were in the radio days. And I said, but problem is, is you're not doing original stuff. So. And so she was a cabin crew for Emirates and she worked her way up the ladder. And then she eventually, she quit right before the pandemic. She just decided, look, I've done 10 years. I've lived my dream and uh, I'm out of here. And, and so I had her on recently because now she does her own music and it's, it's spectacular. Like she's really good. And one of the things she was saying is that having worked so many years in the in the cabin as a crew, her memory is shot from just flying. She said she always gets these these kind of fog situations, and she blames it all on the flying.
1: I don't think it's I don't think you meant to fly. I don't think you meant to fly to that level. So I told you even when I was with RMSI, I um, got my sinuses which feel awful, my stomach felt terrible, I felt no. dry, my skin felt irritable, and I thought, how did cabin crew do it? Because yeah. I was doing it so many times a week and they were probably doing it maybe even double three times the amount that I was doing it. And I, when you get back from long calls, oh, it just, you, I mean, you know what it's like when you've been on holiday. Yeah. You've had a long flight, you came back, you feel uncomfortable. It's it's yeah. it's just, it's not a pleasant environment at all. I don't know how people do it.
2: Yeah, I me mean, neither. And, you know, I mean, it's fun, but, <sighs> yeah, everyone's got their own ambition.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah. Each, each to their own, each to their own. There's a job for everyone, that's what my dad used to say. Now exactly. Florence. She's, oh look at that. There she is. Look yeah, at she, that. Needs, she needs to find a seat though because um she can't get comfortable on my lap. Oh. Uh,
0: and
1: I, I can't get comfortable with her here either. So let me just get her a big cushion.
2: <laughs> so
1: Sorry, she likes my special big fluffy cushions. There go. Here we go. If she wants it, Jane, she can have whatever she wants.
2: So
0: the, the lady wants.
2: the lady that uh, we do yoga with online, and she's uh, quite a popular yoga on a YouTube yoga lady. And uh, her dog's always there. Benji, her dog. Oh,
1: that's such a good idea.
2: <laughs> always there. Like he'll hang out. He'll come in. He'll, he's got a mat. He'll be on it. He might leave. But pretty much many, many, many of her, uh, her shows have Benji in them. And so it's funny. Hey, should we should we start our funness? Start things,
1: yeah. Because I've got I've got my guitar.
2: Yeah, you've got to um, get out of here at ten o'clock. So we gotta get out of here by by at least five to ten. So, to you know, so folks know that we're we're recording in the morning right here at the road. But here, let's do it. Let's get going. Hello, ho, my name is James Pikeway. Welcome to Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna Burton and myself coming to you via Zoom this time around. Yeah, you're going to be able to catch the video too. We got bits and pieces we're going to post up. You can find it on the James cast on YouTube.
0: But for now, Jenna and I are going to catch up. She's just about ready to give birth to her daughter in this conversation. It's a lot of fun. You're going to enjoy it. Here we go. Dr. Jenna, James Pike away, Talk on
2: Podaholics. Uh, My little dog, just to point out, my little dog, Florence, is sat on a really
1: nice big cozy cushion next to me.
2: Tongue still Um, sticking out, you know, like, like four inches.
1: Yeah. They sent me some photographs, actually. She went to Doggy Daycare yesterday and they uh, sent some photographs and on every photograph her tongue's out. And what's that lizard that catches flies with its tongue? Oh,
2: like, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Kind of like a chameleon, but yeah, a gecko Gecko or something anyway.
1: I have no, I mean, I'm not even going to pretend to know the name, but that's, that's basically Florence. Yeah. This tongue is just like the longest tongue in the entire world.
2: Oh, nice! Really nice. Well, <laughs> it makes it
1: difficult. She had she had a little <laughs> abrasion um, on the, her fold, and you have got to be really careful because her tongue reaches so far. Has ah. Like a mild steroid and antibiotic in, and it's so hard to, to put it on and not have her be able to reach it with her tongue to lick it. Ah. You know, these things are for external use only, so you got to be so careful because it's. It, I mean, it's quite an advantage to have a long tongue, but. If you're applying medicinal products on your face, you've got to be careful.
2: Yeah. All right. Well, that's that's good to know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you sound you couldn't sound more disinterested, James, but that's fine. <laughs> I'll let you off.
2: <laughs> no, that, that really is though a a an interesting one, isn't it? When you start thinking about pets and all the stuff we put on our faces and if they children. look Yeah, children. Really, I I never actually never gave that a lot of thought. So,
1: Do you know, I I keep thinking about children during the pandemic at the moment because, you know, you can meet up in parks and yeah. play areas in most countries still, and um, that I'm aware of anyway. And children just they just don't get it. I mean, above a certain age, you can explain and reason, but um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I see the boys. I mean, gosh. Lincoln, one of my little boys the the day, cut all his lip because he was trying to eat a fence. I mean, I, what? I don't know. I don't know what goes through the head why they think this is a good idea, but you can't you. You can't manipulate every single movement of them. So there will be times that maybe I turn down, I I, I bend over to put Florence's lead back on. And within those two seconds of bending down, they've done something completely crazy. And they were licking licking the roundabout when we were back in England like a number of months ago. And it's like, no, boys, you, you, you can't do that, but you can't start... Carrying around disinfectant mouthwash, yeah. you know, there's a there's a line, and and they just don't seem to adhere to those rules. And I, I find it interesting that you know you can't you can control the rest of the population, and to a point and extent you can control children, but ultimately they'll always be a little bit disgusting.
2: Well, and that doesn't that become the fun thing is when we talk about immunity and our immune systems. That that's the classic example. Your boys are the classic example of how it gets started and how we start to build that <laughs> in a crazy way though. But it's, it's funny, isn't it? That you, How do you tell them? No, you, when you say no, you can't lick the, the merry-go-round. It's, and and I, anyone listening and watching right now is going to be going, who would lick a merry-go-round? But literally go and take a look. The kids are going down, their hands are, they sneeze, they're eating something. Then they're licking their hands and they're running around and they're licking people's faces. And it's it's a weird thing. I don't know why kids do that. You're right.
1: It's difficult because ultimately you want them to build immunity, don't you? Like ultimately that that is why children help build their immune systems, because they're exposed to all these crazy, weird and wonderful things. And they lick stuff they're not supposed to, they eat stuff they're not supposed to. And, and that's actually a, a really important part of growing up and building our immune system. However, at the moment, things are a little bit different and we're being sort of advised by the government not to do X, Y and Z. And, and then it, it does, it becomes harder. And obviously you can carry your bacterial wipes. You can carry your sanitizer gel. You can, you know, keep them as clean as possible. Wash your hands, regularly. But for those bits in between, you know, you can't, you can't sound on top as much as you would like to, unless they're a tiny, tiny baby. Yeah. When they get to that sort of toddler phase, it's uh, all bets are off. Can you hear that by the way, James? There's just yeah. been some banging that has just started. <laughs> what,
2: what is that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i did we're live, That's we're okay. live. It's, it's okay okay you can it's
2: banging. Live <laughs> I, I i've been doing my classes at home and there's uh some worker guys uh, that the the landlord is is brought in to paint the exterior of the villa and so they're scraping they're putting putty on they're running scaffolding around and i've been doing classes and all you hear is the sound and it's it's hilarious it's fun
1: there's <laughs> not really the ed- i think everyone has generally become a lot easier going about um, meetings in general. I did a team's meeting and um, I had to do a presentation yesterday and you know, you can hear sort of like laughter of children in the far distance. Yeah dog snoring next to me and i think in the past that would have been seen as quite unprofessional and there's still going to be the odd person that still sees it as look you know you should find a quieter space etc but a lot of people just accept that this is this is life now and, yeah. and actually things have become that little bit more relaxed
2: yeah I, look you know that i live close to the airport i live at about the five kilometer mark from the end of the runway so that's right about the point where they put down the landing gear when they're coming in and put down the entire landing gear, not just front. And so you always hear a little bit of slowing down or thrust if they're taking off at that point. And so I always get that in my, my, my things. Although there's, there's still fewer planes, but the, the traffic's heating up a little bit, which is kind of good for the economy. But, you know, what can we say?
1: <laughs> the, um, you mean the air traffic? Yeah. It is, but I do wonder whether it's going to change again. There's uh, a lot more talk of further lockdowns and quite regularly we're being updated of countries that are closing down again because of the spread of sort of this new strain of corona and I, I really hope it doesn't because yeah definitely there were definitely more passengers in the sky during December early Jan and they've been in a, in a very long time I mean nearly a year so let's keep our fingers crossed that things can continue.
2: It was funny because when we we left Dubai we we went to Canada and we did the a quarantine. So Canada, Canada's got new rules in now that you have to do a PCR test to get into the country, and you have to do a 14 day isolation.
1: Oh, you have to do both.
2: Yeah, you have to Even do both. If the
1: test is negative. Yes. <laughs> well, can I just forget to like why? Why do the test in the first place? Maybe just better to leave the test and. Okay. Well,
2: but it was a funny thing. So we we did do our 14 day thing, and then to leave Canada to get to fly back, we were flying Air France, and we had to have a PCR test to get on the plane. And then, you know, obviously you get into country, it's a negative test. So, you, you know, you had to have your test and, and all that stuff. But it was funny when we were in going, when we were in Pearson and when we were in Charles de Gaulle, it was empty. It was really weird. There were so few people coming back. There were a few more people, but not that many in, in the airport as I'm used to in, in previous occasions. But, but when we got to Dubai, because all of the three terminals are condensed into one it was pretty busy but if you'd spread yeah, them out if you spread them out it's not that many people either it's just that it's really condensed
1: you just wonder whether it'll get back to how it was I mean because the PCR oh, sorry the PCR test alone puts a lot of people off one yeah. because effectively they tickle your brain I mean when they say it's the nasopharynx that's a lie they literally push that push that cotton buddle right towards your brain. And I swear sort of like my frontal lobe has definitely been (laughs) changed since having that PCR test. Uh, And second, secondly, as well, um, there's an awful lot of people that get COVID and then, you can get chronic COVID where people basically develop like a chronic condition right. on the back of it. But for a lot of people, they get COVID, they test positive. And then after that, they can have a series of, of incorrectly positive tests. So it's like a false oh. positive test. Oh. It's quite a common thing that, that has been occurring with the PCR testing. and uh, They don't really know why. Um, but, but yeah, it means that these people can't travel. So even though... Yeah. They tested positive two months ago, they're completely asymptomatic now, they've, you know, they've been treated, they still can't board the plane. And what's more so is that their family and friends or anyone that they've been in close contact with can't board the plane either. So, you know, even just those things alone, and the administration, the paperwork, the cost of the testing, it's putting an awful lot of people offline. The difficult really is what the people, the the governments are trying to do, aren't
0: they? Yeah, well,
2: this is the Canadian government is, is, and it's funny, I mean, it's not funny, but it's funny because the Canadian government is really discouraging non-essential travel. And then a whole bunch of politicians and a whole, you know, there was was a a thing this morning in the newspaper about one of the directors of medicine at one of the big uh, hospitals, hospital organizations who's who's been to the US 5 times in the last several months and people that he got fired they're going dude <laughs> What are you doing? But, you know, it, it's funny because we were in Canada. Then to fly back, we had to get the PCR test. Well, you try getting one of those. A, we're not on uh, the, the medical system of Canada. We're not using, uh, you know, OHIP or or Quebec Medicare at this, this point. So we had to go private. We had to find a place. It was the holiday. So granted, that was a problem because a lot was closed. And, you know, then we, you know, you're, you're paying. It was hundreds of dollars each for my wife and I to get the test wow. like it, it was it was literally by the time we were both done it was over five hundred dollars for two of us to get a single test and and you know so suddenly you know it, it, we knew this because we looked into it because you needed to get the test need needed the time but you got to now factor that into your holiday Package if if in this case you know when we were going to visit visit family and that and the time that you're locked in. So if you're going to do self quarantine, where are you going to do that? Is it going to be you can't be doing it in a place where you're going to be mingling with your family. So you've got to have that separate separate housing and that that costs and it's. So I think there's a lot of things going on with governments that is discouraging people from traveling.
1: Yeah, and um, you know I, I I do kind of get that. That just the obviously the concern is the long term implications of how it's gonna affect air travel. And, you know, I I think as well, what's funny is that back in the summer, there's a lot of people that were moaning about being in Dubai and a lot of people, you know, that were wanting to leave and suddenly it made them feel like they were further away from home. I know you and I had the conversation of actually, this is hard. This isn't what we signed up for when we became an expat. We we became an expat for free travel back and home, back and forth to our home countries and, and elsewhere. And actually now that sort of the summer has passed, the weather is nice. Dubai being relatively sensible in their approach to how they manage COVID, the fact even that you can get a test now at very low cost, someone can come to your house, There are a magnitude of tests. You never have to worry about trying to get a PCR test. There are people that have been tested every few days because of work. If you want to have a vaccine, you know that that's becoming exceptionally available here if that's something that you want to go down. And suddenly, actually being in Dubai is a great place to be during the pandemic right now. So, um,
2: I, I I want to jump in for a second. I, you know, when you're talking about the vaccines and the marvelous medic, she published some great stuff on Instagram. And and we're going to have you talk, been following
1: my friend?
2: I am I, addicted. Yeah, she's I told great, you she's like,
1: she's, she's one of my best friends. She's yeah, she's a great um,
2: lipstick. That lipstick is is exquisite but she just she just put something up on instagram so she's just done some vaccine training i suspect or gone to a vaccine workshop because she put a whole bunch of stuff up you're going to be doing one this weekend we're going to catch up on that next on our next podcast but talking about vaccines and being here so i work for the federal government as a professor at a government university and as of the 17th of january i have to get a pcr test every two weeks until i get vaccinated. So I have to have a a negative. But the the irony is, and and look, I get I get it. But the irony is, I'm teaching from home. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even on campus.
1: to anyone that's hilarious.
2: Yeah, but I still have to do it.
1: But you know what you've just said, and let's so when when we meet next week, let's have a bit more of a medical conversation about the vaccine. And the reason I wanted, I I put myself on a course to sort of go into the depth of the science of the vaccines because. Obviously, I'm a medic, I'm a human as well. And so I have humanistic opinions and personal opinions about how vaccines might affect me and my children. And ultimately, you know, they are vaccines that have come through a lot quicker. There are vaccines that are out there that actually have got no data. They haven't released their trial data. There are vaccines that are brand new, vaccines that we've never used before, like the the Pfizer vaccine. It's a brand new concept. Now, everyone I know in the UK that's working within the NHS are all behind them. And I feel like there must be a reason. And I need to go and learn that reason. Because as a human, I feel quite anxious about it. However, I also know it is inevitable that we're not going to be able to do anything. We're not going to board a plane. We won't be able to go into a place of work uh, unless we end up getting this vaccination. So I'm keen to get it. And people are asking me my opinion. And I don't feel comfortable as yet to give an opinion because of the lack of information that really is, is out there scientifically, which is why I've put myself uh, at great cost. <laughs> these, these courses are never cheap, aren't they? They're, even just to further education in their small way, um, you know, they're never cheap, a, a great cost and time. I decided it was, it was something that was really worthwhile because if people are asking your opinion, I can't give it unless I feel confident yeah. that I have the information.
2: So forward promoting our next podcast will all be about vaccines and understanding what's going on. And I, I'm looking forward to that, which, which is a wonderful segue into what we actually wanted to talk about in this podcast. And we've got a good, we've got a good 25 minutes to sort of really jump into it quickly, but it's, it's seasonal ailments. And this is kind of cool because I mean, I don't know about you. The number of people who have colds is down dramatically. I don't hear people sneezing. I'm not, you know, the, the normal runny nose on, on the sleeve. That's
1: a great impression that day.
2: <laughs> Isn't that good?
1: <laughs> you should, you oh, no. could be one of these actors that go on to be patients. Like, <laughs> this is actually a career. <laughs>
2: really? I, I, I'm okay. It's It's when you see kids blow their nose into their sleeves and then wipe it. That's the one that... So-
1: one of my very best friends ever, and something I've never, ever let her live down. She came to our house, I mean, she was only really young, but as I say, I, I still bring it up to this day, and, and we're talking about 30 years, um, 30 years ago, so little. She blew her nose into a, took a sock off, blew her nose into a sock and then put a sock back on. And my mum said, Hannah, do you not want the tissue? And she was like, "No, nah, I do it all the time soon.
2: <laughs> oh man!
1: And, and this is the same friend that I have sat in school, and she just wiped her nose on my arm. It, you know, this podcast makes it sound like I'm surrounded by very disgusting people.
2: <laughs> oh, you're surrounded by an eclectic, interesting group of people. That's that's clearly You've it.
1: Met him, my friends. So yeah, you can you can say that with uh, confidence. <laughs>
2: so well, when we talk about seasonal illnesses, what are we what are we talking about? What comes to your mind?
1: Right, so the reason I, it was, I think it was my suggestion a few days ago that we might bring this up as a topic for a podcast. And everything that you're saying is correct, like colds and flu, and actually the, the figures for those have gone drastically down this year because of the measures that have been taken with restrictions on air travel and with people staying behind closed doors and not socially mixing as much as, as we used to. Um, and also we're not a bit engaging in things like buffets and things like this, so we've not got sort of that spread of air droplets, people are wearing masks. So you know that's one side to it, but I think the the side that I was thinking of a little bit more was there's an awful lot of uh, data coming out in the UK to say that the hospitals are massively overrun, and now yet yeah, I'm sure that COVID is playing a huge part in that, and um, you know that that's not to belittle uh, anything that's going on or being said about COVID, but at the same time that is that is a situation every single year. I've never done a shift no in a in England in the month of December. And we've not had a situation where ambulances are having to be rerouted over the hospitals or were bed what they say, bed blocked, which means the beds are completely full.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: because you tend to get in the cold winter months. And I don't mean the cold winter months of Dubai. I mean, the cold winter yeah. months of Canada, James, or of the UK, um, you get people that are more ill. And I just thought it was something that might be interesting to talk about. And the ones that, you know, really hit my mind are pneumonia. Asthma exacerbations, people that come in with significant pain from their arthritis, people that have got um, what we call an acute exacerbation of COPD, which is a long-term lung condition from usually from smoking. As they, yeah. as they have put on the, the forms today, like ninety-five percent of these people are from smoking, uh, and also like a lot of people admitted into mental health institutes as well because they're suffering with seasonal affective disorder. And these are the sorts of things that I think about. So yeah, coughs and colds. Of course, that's what we see. Right. When we see it on the general street, but there's also more, more serious elements as well that come. And they, you know, they tend to come at that time of year when we're preparing for Christmas, and just, and even worse, just afterwards. And I say even worse because and Siberia quite depressing once there's nothing <laughs> there's not as much to look forward to
2: <laughs> the folks that you're talking to in, in the field back home and that they're still seeing obviously the pneumonias they're still seeing the bronchitis they're still seeing the the COPD they're still seeing the arthritis related things coming in
1: well yeah because uh, a lot of the driver behind it is, is the cold weather mm. and you might get slightly less um cases of pneumonia and, and more covid situations coming in but the fact is if somebody's getting the exposure to the covid virus they're also potentially getting that exposure to a pneumonia as well and these people tend to be not everybody but they tend to be predisposed to getting them so anyone can get a pneumonia and sometimes people get a bit confused as to what a pneumonia is yeah because i am
2: confused because just- i've heard the term pneumonia i've heard the term walking pneumonia and it tends to be people who are a little bit older but it's it doesn't discriminate pneumonia but you know at the end of the day if someone said to me james what's pneumonia i kind of look at them and go yeah, I, you got me
1: <laughs> it's funny because a lot of people will say i have a chest infection but yet we'll put much greater emphasis on saying i have oh i've had pneumonia, and pneumonia is so much more serious than a chest infection hmm. and actually Although there is a particular bacterium that will cause a certain type of pneumonia, I kind of, in my head, and I think in a lot of medics' heads, we kind of group the same together. If you've got a lower respiratory tract infection, which effectively means a chest infection, that is effectively what we're referring to as a pneumonia. And pneumonia is an infection of the, of the lungs. Mm. And as I say, there are numerous different bacterium that can cause a pneumonia. Um, some of them more common than others. Some of them are even a virus like um, Haemophilus influenza. Um, okay, so like,
2: hold, hold on a second. So pneumonia is caused by bacteria.
1: Usually, uh, yeah, usually. usually okay. so normally, um, the the one that you would tend to see would be a bacteria, but you can get sort of a viral pneumonia as well. But usually, when we talk about pneumonia, sort of just just generally, usually referring to a bacterial infection of the lungs. But as I say, it can it can be can be viral. And you can get atypical type of pneumonias, but it's infection of the lungs. Usually, bacteria. Usually. And then to split that into two, what we would typically do is you've got a hospital acquired pneumonia and you've got a community acquired pneumonia. So when you
2: so one I got in the hospital, one I got in the community? Yes. Is, the, the hospital's like the gift that keeps on giving? Like come on.
1: It's just because it, it it's just a pneumonia that tends to live in hospital environments. It's normally more serious than community acquired pneumonias. Um not hold on, oh, I got a question. Yeah. So um, yeah. Yes,
2: sir. Aren't hospitals the cleanest place on the planet? Like they know they've got staph infections. They know they've got, you know, super bugs. They know, and I don't mean little cockroaches. I mean, you know, super bacterial things that are, res- shouldn't they be the, the place where there's enough Javex or, you know, being poured everywhere? Aren't they the cleanest places on the planet? How can I be getting pneumonia in a hospital? They're
1: the cleanest and the dirtiest places on the planet, James, because in one <laughs> On one hand, they are, you know, the there are cleaners going around all the time. I, I personally I think it depends on what hospital you're in. Mm. Uh, it depends in one way it's absolutely wonderful to have people in separate isolation beds, but from a nursing perspective, a nurse can't keep tabs on a patient. So in another way, it's a bit more dangerous to have separate isolation beds. So one, great, reduces the risk of infection spread from patient to patient. Secondly, bad because how can a nurse keep tabs and everything that's going on? How can I constantly see if this patient's starting to show signs of, of, of respiratory distress or otherwise? They can't. They have to just keep going in and out at regular intervals. And and even though they've got an alarm button, some people feel like oh I don't really want to don't really want to disturb the nurses or yeah. you know or, or might not be able to reach it for whatever reason at that time. So uh, in one way, very clean. There's lots of cleaners they're using the, the real rock solid uh, sort of disinfectants there. But in another way, because they do disinfect regularly, there's lots of antibiotic use, the bugs that do tend to occur there are these superbugs and they are uh, bugs that are more resistant to antibiotics. So when you do get them, they, they tend to require like the all out antibiotics, like the best ones that we've got. And sometimes they can still be resistant to those. So that's, that's why hospital acquired pneumonia, um depending on the presentation of the person but usually has a tendency to be a little bit um a little bit more severe and then in the community acquired pneumonias again you would split somebody up as into is it you know quite a mild pneumonia as in like can it be treated at home with oral antibiotics is it sort of borderline or is this somebody that requires a hospital admission
2: Hmm. so i want to back up for a second a lung infection doesn't necessarily have to be pneumonia but it could be pneumonia
1: you're talking about you're sort of splitting hairs james i whenever i hear someone's got a lung lung infection yeah. and you just talking about a bog standard lung infection whether it be like a viral bacterial more typically bacterial i tend to, to um refer to that as a pneumonia yeah that would be um that would be what i tend to refer to but then you've also got like other types of infections like legionella like more specific ones but these are again the sort of it's it's not a pneumonia pneumonia but it's still a lung infection Mm. so it's it's kind of a it's a bit of a muddy term if somebody says pneumonia my first thought is that is a lower respiratory tract infection which basically means a lung infection but it doesn't mean that everything is a pneumonia that are atypicals that will have their own name and their own presentation and be a little bit different for instance something like whooping cough is a pneumonia but it is an infection of the airways and the lower respiratory airways so it's it's a bit yeah. It's a bit different. Like, yeah. And they have, um, uh, and, and as well, even within the pneumonias, they won't have very, like, there'll be x rays and you'll look at it and go, that's a typical pneumonia. But there'll be others and you'll think, that's a pneumonia, but it looks like an atypical type pneumonia or a mycoplasmic pneumonia or a fungal pneumonia. You know, it's um fungal, then be fungal
2: pneumonia. You can get fungus yeah. in, your, in the lungs. I guess yeah, it's a yeah. wet, wet, you know wet, wet that, environment. You? you
1: love your, you love yeah. your, your um, mold, James. I you know. You love I, about mold. I and- <laughs> never
2: thought about it in the lungs, but now that you mention it, it's just a hot, sweaty place, isn't it?
1: Yes. Well, yeah, it's... it's, it's um, the lungs are a really wonderful environment for bugs to uh, to manifest. But because, I mean, they're wet, they're warm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, why wouldn't you? And then you've got all this mucus in there, which is why people that smoke are particularly oh. susceptible to infections because they don't clear mucus from their lungs. So whereas you and I, um, who've never smoked, our ciliary hairs are still working. So all this mucus is being moved out regularly from our lungs and, 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 and got rid of by the acid in our stomach. For people that don't, that, that smoke, their hairs don't move mucus accumulates or they make um they actually in, in a sort of a severe bronchitis which again is a side effect a side effect of smoking they actually have increased mucus productions so they have increased goblet cells which make more mucus and then this mucus is there to catch bugs but if you don't get rid of it and it just stays there well you know you're asking for trouble aren't you you're asking mm. for infections to brew what a wonderful environment for them to yeah. decide to grow in
2: so what do we do? Uh, how do we? What what is what is your advice on trying to protect against, you know, a, a bronchial infection, uh, a, a pneumonia? What, what is there anything we can do, or is it just hope?
1: No, I mean, there's obviously things you can do, and the number one biggest thing, and you know what I'm going to say, is the, the 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 biggest thing you can do to protect your lungs is not to smoke, and mm. that doesn't just mean cigarette smoking; that means cigarettes marijuana, shisha, anything that is in, like an inhalation gas into your lungs is usually uh, just, to some extent toxic to the lungs. And the, the problem is with that is because it is something that irritates the lungs, it causes an immune response. And by the immune response, you get increased mucus, you get increased things like proteases and macrophages. And these are all just like special names for immune cells that basically start to break down the lung tissue. Hmm. And also the capillaries of the blood vessels that supply the lungs. And these have endless issues and, and, and basically predispose you to um, catching infections.
2: Is, to is, there an, is there an age where these kind of things are more prevalent or, you know, young, middle aged, old aged, or is it, are they, is, is it sort of, you know, you know equal opportunity?
1: Just as you get older, just generally as you get older, because the more damage that you've done through smoking or the longer that you've been smoking and the more that you age, the more likely these things are to happen. And think about, you know, a child can knock off illnesses quite quickly. Um, It's it's a little bit more difficult as you get older. And there are some people that it's not their fault. You know, it's um, not everybody's fault. People with asthma have also got issues with lungs and recurrent infections sometimes, more so just with general asthma exacerbations, but they can get a very resistant um, type of lung tissue, which, you know, traps gas and has its own problems down the line, um, which then predisposes to things like infections, et cetera. Um, But, you know, it's not their fault that they were born with asthma. People with something called alpha-1 antitrypsin deficiency. These, again, people that can go on to develop something called the COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is a huge precursor for seasonal um pneumonias infective exacerbations of whatever kind and uh, and again it's not their fault they just they were just born with 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 genes that just weren't working as well as they could have been um and you know so so for some people it's it's just not their fault uh and and with regards to sort of our behavior what can we do you know, keep fit, keep healthy, keep your lungs, lungs utilized. The more you utilize your lungs by taking nice big deep breaths, you know, that, that plays wonders for your lungs because you're encouraging all your bases and all the alveoli to, to encourage air to come into them and be used properly, not to allow stagnation of, of the lung tissue, which is where like infections can brew um, and eating well, et cetera, and not forgetting to wash your hands
2: is is there any anything i can do sort of as a to ward it off and and i all i'm i'm kind of thinking here you know when folks have asthma they take salbutamol and they take the puffer and there's all is there anything we can do to help build up resistance in our lungs and and help to in a sense protect them beyond breathing deep keeping not smoking you know trying to live in the least polluted environment, that kind of stuff. Is there anything or no? Uh,
1: I mean, with regards to a supplementation, uh, vitamin C has always been known to sort of uh, help uh, boost the immune system, but otherwise not really, James. It's, oh. it's one of those, if somebody has got lung disease and they're known to have it or they're experiencing shortness of breath, they should be going to the doctor because they should be on long-term treatment. So mm. there are medications like inhalers, sometimes oral medications, that will help the integrity of their lungs and, and stop, um, stop this mucus production or, or try and reduce it a little bit. Um, sometimes physiotherapy for these people can be helpful because it can help them to learn how to clear their, their lungs manually. But that's something that was somebody who's already got established disease. So if we're just, you know, Billy Joe walking down the road, what should they do to help their lungs? Just keep fit and healthy. Maybe take a vitamin C supplement or a multivitamin Um, And I think that's it, really. It's just more about just keeping self fit and healthy and active.
2: Man, I mean, I think it's just interesting, as you said, that this is the time of year when we just see more and more of these lung issues in hospitals anyway. And they're still going to hospital, but they might be getting labeled as something else because we've got so much going on in the pandemic.
1: Well, everybody struggles a little bit more with their breathing in the cold because the cold uh, is basically it's, it's dry air and it irritates your airways. So whether that's your upper airways for uh, upper respiratory tract infections, which is like a sinusitis or just oh, the common cold virus, or whether it's your lower airways and it starts to affect people that have even just got mild asthma might start to feel a bit uncomfortable in the chest. Yeah, it it just it affects everybody to an extent. It just it depends how tolerant your body is to that dry, irritating, cold air. I I
2: I'm a, I get really worried uh, this time of year. It's it starts to get really cold back home. It starts to get really cold in in Europe. And uh, I was just listening to so it, it dates our podcast a little bit. But I was just listening to some of the meteorologists in Canada, especially in Eastern and Central Canada, talking about the polar vortex that's expected to hit where the the jet stream changes a little bit and it brings down this Arctic air that sits over some of the Southern parts of Canada. And they're saying it's going to be brutally cold, sort of that when you breathe in, it's freezing. I mean, I don't, I'm not talking negative 10, negative 12. I'm talking negative 20, kind of. I I
1: can't even imagine negative 10, negative 12. Like I don't, or (laughs) minus 10, minus 12, we would say, but like, I can't even imagine it. I literally can't comprehend it. I remember a day as a child going horse riding, and it was minus three, and I couldn't feel my toes. I was
2: barbecuing at negative a ten. <laughs> I was out in front of my barbecue flipping steaks. You, yeah, when well, you know we were back in Canada, it was pretty cold, but we we barbecued four times a week. Whoa! <laughs> I had to have the broom to get the snow off the barbecue, but no, we were barbecuing. It was great.
1: Well, you know, it's not all negative. So we're talking about respiratory and airway conditions that tend to be affected more by the cold. But don't forget, there are other conditions that are more affected by the summer. So you've got more allergies, more hay fevers. You've got like more sort of bowel um, infections because you've got that lovely, again, moist, warm environment in the air for these things to live. So, you know, it's not it's not all bad. It's just that some people will be affected more Mm -hmm. than others.
2: Yeah. And it's interesting, isn't it? Because different times, years, you have different things. One of the things that I've really noticed and and you brought it up, you've given the segue when you're talking bowels is the number of, I I know I love bowels. I think I I could be a proctologist, (laughs) you know, really, I think, I know I talk about a lot of careers, but it it just fascinates me. So, and that's a really weird thing to be fascinated by, but anyway,
1: I've got no comments. To so like the this first a good segue into the mental health section we were going to talk about. But go on.
2: Wait, you know what? We do have to do another mental health segment because I think more than ever we need to have that conversation. We've I mean,
1: about seasonal affective disorder, but I will let you get to your point. I'm sorry, James. Go no,
2: on. The point being, the number of processed things that we get. So our lettuces now and lettuce packages that come you know, bundled up uh, the way things are grown in hothouses and stuff. I've I've seen more and more warnings more overseas than here. And I think our food security here is spectacular. So that they catch these things much better, but the warnings for listeria, the warnings for salmonella, the warnings for who knows what else, and just making sure that you're cooking food correctly so that you don't get you know, bugs is, in a sense. And I, I don't mean bugs as in the creepy crawlies. I mean, bacterial infections that next thing, you know, you've got a whole bunch of problems, but I always forget about the things that can reside on our, the leaves of foods simply through the transportation packaging process. And it's scary.
0: It's scary.
1: You know, um, if you get that salmonella or just general food poisoning, it makes make you seriously, seriously ill. Mm. And diarrhea is actually one of the biggest killers in the world. And I don't think a lot of people even realize that. Like, why why would diarrhea kill you? Because of the dehydration, the loss of electrolytes. Yeah. And we're lucky that we live in a country where if that occurred to us, we would go to hospital and be put on drips where we would get replenished with everything that, that we need. But that's not the case in a lot of countries. Um. So, yeah, we, we don't take food hygiene. I don't think sometimes as serious as we should people have got a tendency of taking meals home from restaurants and reheating. Eat a lot of restaurants now will not let let yeah. you take that meal home in case you you decide to reheat them or you then look after it inappropriately because in theory once a meal is made it should then be discarded but yet, yeah, how yeah. many of us yeah. do we keep our leftovers we reheat it we eat it again you know things like rice they've got it's got lovely bugs that can very uh, specific bugs to rice that live in there
0: yeah make
1: it really so yeah. um yeah we have got to be a bit more careful
2: Well, and I always, I always kind of laugh in a a good way. You know, you go and get your leftovers and it's pretty warm where we are. I mean, it's cool now, but you know, when it's 50 degrees, you've gone to a restaurant, you've taken your leftovers, you put them in your car, then you've walked to where you're going. And by the time you get home, they're warm and they've been warm and you know and then oh i forgot it in my front seat or oh i left it on the counter you know when when it's warm in my place and and it's it's 50 outside my kitchen's hot like the butter liquefies and there's air conditioning in my kitchen but that that room just doesn't have the circulation you leave something on the counter good luck and you don't even think about those things cuz you think oh it's in the house it's okay
1: you just just really put your head around a buffet just put your head around a buffet And it's, I find it, we all go to, you know, we've all been to buffets. It's a really common social thing. I quite like buffets. I like the fact that you can pick different foods, uh, a weird and wonderful mixture of foods that you'd never get given to you in a typical restaurant situation. But how mad is a buffet from a hygiene perspective? It's totally and utterly crazy, really, isn't it? And even these days with COVID, what what a lot of um, restaurants or hotels are doing is they're serving you the food yeah. I don't really know how that makes any that makes all that difference apart from minimizing the amount of like spray that you get on the food. It's still pretty weird. It's still yeah. a pretty weird setup and something that socially has become completely acceptable to us.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Jenna, you know what? I know you've got to start thinking about getting over to your guitar lessons. And you <laughs> know what? This was a fantastic show. We we set out with a whole bunch of things to talk about. We talked a little bit about what's going on in the world of the pandemic. We talked a little bit about a very specific set of ailments that happen seasonally. Talking about our lungs, we segued into a little bit about food safety and why we need to think about that and how that can affect our stomachs. And what a great show! I'm this is this has been fun.
1: <laughs> James, I'm yet I'm yet to find you unenthusiastic about something. Even some of the shows I think are absolutely terrible, you're still enthusiastic. And I wonder sometimes. Is it that you genuinely enjoy them or are you just an enthusiastic character?
2: No, I, you know what? I, I don't do it's any. It's so I don't, wonderful
1: to wake up so enthusiastic every day.
2: <laughs> I look forward to these podcasts. I mean, they're fun. They're, I, I, anytime that I learn something, anytime that I get a chance to increase my knowledge a little bit, it's like, wow, this is fun. This is, this is great. And, and have a great conversation with you when we, we don't ever see each other anymore in person but i get well, to you know, we are
1: next tuesday james but <laughs> i'm there and i'm i know we're supposed to be talking about vaccines but i'm also bringing a friend to discuss childhood obesity um,
2: okay, so next week we'll talk child next next podcast childhood obesity the one after that what do you do i know that uh, is, is, that's coming up right
1: it's, <laughs> you mean?
2: so if we're doing childhood obesity next week and maybe vaccine what do you do are you doing like in two weeks time or something
1: uh, yeah, I, I will have a brand new baby by, <laughs> if all is well, by that second week so. And, but I nearly had one this week, and, and she oh, nearly decided to come this oh, week. So, nice. Well, no, no, it's a bit, she can wait a little bit longer. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready.
2: I remember when my wife had our, so it's funny, we need, and so we got, so we got vaccine, oh, childhood obesity, vaccines, and then. The, you put up a wonderful post on Instagram talking about genders and babies oh yeah like, we
1: should talk about that
2: that's, that's the whole show because uh, you know and I can relate to that because when we had our second child my wife was convinced from day one that she was having a girl and I mean she was convinced and everyone told her oh yeah the way you're carrying the way you're looking you're having a girl and then you know I'm in the room there and the baby comes out and I go uh, we got a boy and she's going there was a pause what? <laughs> it's like no no Yeah. Yeah. That's a boy. That is absolutely a boy.
1: (laughs) I know my anatomy. That's definitely a male.
2: (laughs) And it was funny because your conversation was people say, Oh, you didn't have a girl. And do you feel that? And you know, my wife, same thing. She said, you know what? I'm happy to have, I've got a second child. I'm really happy. And gender is not an issue. And if anything, I'm the one who would have loved to have had, uh, you know, a, a boy and a girl didn't happen i don't there's no regrets anywhere along you
1: adore your boys and that's the thing is it's 10 fingers 10 toes a healthy baby and yeah i think it is something we should talk about because i always felt a bit uncomfortable to want to talk about it because i thought people are just going to think she's bitter this is obviously what she wanted but now i'm having a girl. i can still say with equal vigor uh, i have no gender preference and i think it's in some ways insulting to my absolutely gorgeous and perfect little boys, <laughs> that people seem to be so much more excited this time because I'm having a girl. And I just think, but I have two perfect boys as well. Like what, and if I was having a boy, I'd be equally as yeah. excited if they're anything like the children I have now. So let's, let's do it, James, we've got lots to get yeah. in. And it could be interesting. We could try and do, um, if the prime minister in New Zealand can host a big meeting whilst having a baby, I yeah. can do a podcast for an hour with a child. Look, that's our look, mission.
2: I, I remember um, the, the then member of parliament, Jean Charest, bringing his children, young, very young children, into cabinet meetings because he didn't have daycare. And, uh, you know, I mean, his wife, was, his wife was working. She was doing her job and, and he needed to bring So he just brought him with him. It's like, sorry, gotta, life goes on. So anyway, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Anyway. <laughs> and it
1: could be interesting. It might be one that we delete, but we'll give it a go.
2: <laughs> hey, look, you got to go to Guitar Jenna, thank you very much. As always been a lot of fun. Thank
1: you, James.
2: And I look forward to catching up again next week. We're going to do it live in person right here at the Rolf Hotel, downtown Dubai in the podcast studio, Dr. Jenna Burton, find her on all the socials. My name is James Pikeway. And of course you're listening to us, but you could also be watching us on YouTube. So.
1: (laughs) Are you recording again, James?
2: I put everything up on the, you know, I'm putting stuff up on the James cast. You look great. Don't worry
1: you've got to you've got to warm it i haven't i haven't considered my background again background looks put a lot more effort into it i, I want to get like a backdrop like yours but anyway warning james james pipe away <laughs>
2: the second one i think everyone's gonna remember the first time you said that and i haven't even loaded up a whole bunch of other ones but they're all going up on the james cast so we're gonna have a lot of fun jenna thank you very much talk to you again thank soon you. You have been listening to Doc Talk on Podaholics with myself, James Pikeway, and Dr. Jenna Burton. You wanna get in touch with us? Really simple, podaholics with a K at gmail.com. Send us your questions, queries, comments. You just wanna say hello, podaholics with a K at gmail.com. Thanks for following us. Thanks for sharing. And of course, you know we're on the socials, Podaholics with a K. I'll talk to you again real soon. So long for now.